Here's the Smart Retirement Cast brought to you by Smart Retirement Media. Now, here's your hosts, Mike and Matt. Okay, listeners, welcome back for another great episode of Smart Retirement Podcast. Here we are posting the week of Thanksgiving, and it wouldn't be fair, it wouldn't be right, I should say, if my good friend Matt and I didn't say thank you to all of you listeners for all your support, the way you keep downloading our new episodes, the way you subscribe, the way you just help us help you. Um, Matt, I think we can say it together in unison. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. We did, I didn't do that in unison well, did I? I was supposed to say one, two, three. <laughs> yeah, you should have probably given me a countdown or something, but uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you and I love doing this show. It's every other week. It comes by quick and it, it pops up here again. What we thought we'd do today, listeners, is just kind of touch on some stuff that we think is important to always have in line and, and be discussing with the family. There may be no easier time than this week to do that. Um, and, you know, just touching on your estate, planning your affairs in order, those types of uh, cliches, if you will, so that the family and the kids are all on the same page of what's going to happen upon an unexpected or premature or maybe uh, uh, the right time for the elderly person in the family to pass away. Those with all the assets and how it's passing down to the kids and the grandkids and maybe even the kids with special needs. Right, Matt? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, I know this is something, Matt, this is really in your realm and I'm just kicking off the show today. Um, I'm going to be here and to chime in, but I, I'm just, I'm at a place with this podcast where I feel so good about the content we're bringing to the listeners because it is prudent, albeit very like, None of this is rocket science, right? It's not like we're bringing up these great formulas where people like run to a whiteboard while they're listening to the show and write this stuff down. But sure. it is sensible stuff that just kind of naturally gets put off. I could do it tomorrow, right? I could do it tomorrow. Okay. And that's not great. That's not a great way to think about, especially estate planning. So um, I'm going to go ahead and um, pass it over to you. But I, I think you're writing me that you can hear my music. So I need to turn that off. That's <laughs> all right. Sounds yeah. good. It was a good way to entry into the show, Mike. Um, Mike, I did have one uh, email that came in regarding a question, if you would uh, field oh, that yeah. for us. Yeah, let's do that. We like to address those. Yeah. So, and I, I, I'm sorry, I didn't really prep you for this one ahead of time. But um, so I had a message from Judy uh, in California. She's got a grandmother that I think what the, the thing's going on here is she's going to be meeting with them, you know, over Thanksgiving and wanted to be able to have this conversation. But, you know, the grandmother has got uh, it's about a six hundred thousand dollar house, but she still owes. It looks like about four hundred and twenty thousand dollars on it. Okay. Um, she, the grandmother is 74 years old. Um, and she's just wondering, you know, the grandmother needs more money to kind of survive. Um, you know, her social security is not quite cutting it. She got a pension from when her, uh, her husband had passed away, but it, it's just not supporting everything. So I know sometimes, you know, a reverse mortgage could make sense there in that situation, but it sounds like the equity might not quite be there. Right. At that point. So um, Judy's question was, you know, what were your thoughts on if she took out a like a home equity line of credit, mm -hmm. utilize that for a few years 
Um, and then as her grandmother kind of aged in place, uh, as the amount of equity she could borrow from that property, do you think at some point in time it could even out to where she could use the reverse mortgage, pay off the equity line, and go on to reverse type of scenario? Have you seen that happen? Yeah. So it's it's highly... Un- so first off, to answer your question, is the reverse something that I would recommend? I would probably not even bring it up in this scenario. And the reason is, is because the way that a property gets amortized and paid off, she at, did you say she was 74? Yeah. Yeah. So at 74, the good thing she's got going for her is that she only has to own like 45 to 40% of this house. So she can have a 60% loan to value, you know, the loan, 60% of what the house is worth. Her current situation that you rattled off to me in the beginning is 70% loan to value. So she owns 30% of the house. Mm -hmm. So even if I gave her more or less, for lack of better words, a Band-Aid of a home equity line that gave her the ability to, almost like a slush fund, use the money if she needs it, pay it back if she doesn't. She's going to keep making the the required monthly principal and interest payment to that first mortgage, but she's not going to pay that down to 45, or excuse me, uh, 55% loan to value in the next five to six years. You know, right. this is something typically we find guys, this is why we're having this show today. Typically we find people put this off until like the last year where they just can't do it anymore. They're just, it's an ego thing. It's a pride thing. If you want to call it that and you don't want to call it ego, I think those things are synonymous in this case. It's just one of those things that you just don't want people to know about that you're running out of money or you can't support yourself anymore without help. I get it. I have a, I, I get offended when I, you know, I can't make a jump shot, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, it's a human thing. But what we're trying to talk about here that I would say with her, Matt, is in this scenario for Judy, I would make it so that I would take care of two birds with one stone right here. I would talk to the daughter and say, listen, here's what we can do in this situation. We can give, we can take out cash up to 80% of what the house is currently appraising for. I can put the daughter on title with her and help her qualify for that mortgage. I can't execute a loan until the daughter's been on title for six months or longer. So we would, I would give them a scenario. I would probably boost up the interest rate a little bit in case rates go up in six months and say, Hey, look, this would be our scenario. I could give you, um, $60,000 that you could put in the checking account, daughter or, you know, son and, you can manage some of her expenses with that cash. The payment's going to go up on the mortgage, but rates are down so much right now. If you got a loan in 2018 and you took out $75,000 in cash right now, your payment would still be the same because of the rate. Got it. So I would set her up. I'm not going to live on a prayer like John Bon Jovi and hope that the first mortgage gets paid down to 55% and sell her a bag of goods. That'll never happen. I'll take action with what we can control today. And in six months after we have her on title, which is like a really simple act. I mean, it's just vesting. My, my escrow team helped word it correctly. You go down to your municipality, your county clerk and file that thing. Six months in a day, we would open escrow. We would do a refinance in 30 days and that cash would be in your hands. From there, what you could plan to do, and this is the this is the second bird, okay? So the first bird was 
This is how we set up and get you the cash so you can manage mom aging in place. Here's the second bird. I've now got a child who's going to receive this home on title. There is a parent child gift exclusion in every municipality in California. I don't know how it is in, in, in Arizona, Matt, but we can do the research. Certainly, you know, I like to nerd out about this stuff. And Absolutely. so that, that we can transfer a portion of the property it could be 10%, 50%, whatever joint tenants in common with mom. Now, when mom passes away, that asset will instantly become the child's. So if they don't have a will set up yet, or if they're in the process of getting that set up, the property can pass right to the child because of the way we structure this deal. So you're going on title to help qualify for the loan that will be bigger and give her cash out. You're also in the setting yourself up for future estate planning, which is really what this show's all about today. So exactly. Great. And I and that's why I thought this was like a great way to segue into the show. Um, you know, because you are going to have these conversations with your loved ones sitting around the, the table. Uh, you know, you're seeing grandma, maybe she's not voicing it, but maybe she's struggling a little bit. And, you know, I think it's an important time of the year to be close with your family and be having, you know, these discussions, you know, yeah. and not yeah. waiting until the last minute. <laughs> if you're listening to this and you're thinking, I don't need to call Mike or Matt, but I'm going to do that. That's a great idea. Just make sure you talk to your local municipality, county tax assessor. They're great people. They want to help. They don't, they're not the guy or the gal that's like waiting for you to mess up so they can collect more tax and make a bonus. They get paid to do this properly. I call in probably once a month and say, hey, I've got this scenario. Here's what I'm doing. Can you just make sure I'm not wrong? And they'll say, if you fill out this form, you're not wrong. If you called us, if you didn't call us and you didn't fill out this form, you're creating a big pain in the butt for your client, which will end with them not seeing an assessment but it will give them about three weeks of diarrhea because they think they're going to have a property tax that goes up 200%. And by that, I mean stomach issues. Sure. No, I got it. <laughs> I got it. I got yeah. it. Um, yeah. Well, thank you, Mike, on that. Um, you know, and again, listeners, if you are sitting around and you've got a question that you want to write in to us, feel free. Shoot us an email at info at smartretirementcast.com. Dot com. Again, that's yep. info at smartretirementcast.com. Or feel free to give us a call, 866-53-RETIRE. Again, that's 866-53-RETIRE. So, Mike, you, you, you teed it up perfectly for me. Today's show, we're going to be talking a little bit about, you know, is Thanksgiving the right time to be having that estate planning conversation? And, you know, in my opinion, it's a perfect time to do it. Now, do I think that you should be doing it... <clears throat> When you sit down at that table and, uh, you know, dad's just carved the turkey, probably not. Right. So right. Pass it, the it, bees it, and the power of attorney, please. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I, I think it's one of those things that you've got everyone together or maybe you don't, you know, maybe you you're doing a virtual Thanksgiving. My family this year, my That's sister and her boyfriend. Yeah. My sister and her boyfriend are over in, in Manhattan. Uh, his family's in the Midwest and no one wants to travel. You know, I've got an older father that's in his late seventies and, um, I really, you know, want to be careful with him too. So we kind of called off any of the Thanksgiving plans for this year, um, just out of respect to everyone. And so everyone's going to be doing a zoom. We're doing a zoom Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, cool. So I guess where I'm going with that is listeners, if you're out there and you're in a similar situation, 
a Zoom meeting makes it pretty darn easy to have these types of conversations because it takes that that feeling away of being in that room and kind of having that unease of asking these tough questions to your loved ones. And you can kind of dive into it. Now, what yeah. do you want to dive into? Right, Mike? I mean, estate planning is a pretty broad topic, but what are some of the things that we should be talking about with our loved ones? You know, maybe not around the, the Thanksgiving table, but maybe that following day uh, or maybe later on on that Zoom call that you'll be doing with your, your loved ones. So let's do this. Mike, we're going to take a quick break to get a word from our sponsors. And when okay. we come back, we will dive into some of the ideas that I've got and you have uh, of some ideas that we can discuss around uh, Thanksgiving this year with our loved ones about estate planning. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this quick break. Honestly, when was the last time you really took a hard look at your retirement plan? With the way the market's been, it's easy to become complacent. A new decade is upon us, which comes with a lot of questions. Can the economy and market continue to grow? What will the next election do to my investments? How can I best maneuver to maximize return? The answer? It's simple. Get a second opinion from a team like Century Financial Consultants. With over 40 years of financial planning experience, give Century Financial Consultants a call today at 866-53-RETIRE. That's 866-53-RETIRE. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender, licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act, NMLS number 328358. Mike Points is a licensed loan officer in California, NMLS number 1246224, and is only licensed to offer advice on mortgage products. He is not licensed as an investment advisor. All of the mortgage products Mike Points will discuss on this show are for educational purposes, and these products should be reviewed by a licensed loan officer before taking these mortgages on as your own, as they may not fit your specific situation or needs. Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your home Okay, listeners, back from that short break and ready to get into the meat and potatoes of what to talk about this Thanksgiving with your family. Now, (laughs) I'll be here all week. Be sure to tip your waitress. So the funny thing about this year is that every time we get into a new month, there's something else crazy that happens. It feels like we're inside of that movie with Katniss Everdeen. What was it called? The Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. This year feels like The Hunger Games. I was just made aware that the beautiful Rockefeller Christmas tree that goes up in the middle of 30 Rock, time, you know, basically downtown Manhattan Mm -hmm. is like has a virus or something or I think it got torn up on the way to the actual site it looks preposterous it looks terrible it looks looks very 2020 it looks extremely 2020 it's just holding on by a prayer and they're probably gonna make it look great because that's America right but god what a crazy year we're having and all the more reason that we wanted to touch on this we want we don't want to bombard you with a bunch of you know, new content this week. We just want to remind you and your families of the important things that you need to get in order to be secure that if mom and dad are to pass away or dad, you know, unfortunately becomes, uh, you know, in incapacitated due to an illness that you've got all this stuff in order. I'm going to let Matt take over now for this part of the show and just touch on some of the things that he sees that are just vital, vital, necessary stuff that you've got to touch on. 
I think this is a good way to start the conversation, right, Matt, with the family? Like, hey, let's just do the housekeeping. Like, what do we not have yet? And then you can naturally get into some of the bigger stuff. And I find that when I've sat in these meetings, because I've sat in these meetings as a third party just to help, that a lot of stuff comes out that people either didn't expect or expected or, you know, just didn't even think about. So before I blabble on and on and on, Matt, take us away with some of the stuff that you feel is the crucial things to start with. Absolutely. Thanks, Mike. Um, You know, so when it comes to Thanksgiving, I think at the end of the day, uh, really what comes to mind, right? You've got your traditions, right? Your football, your family, some turkey. Uh, But in my opinion, it really should include some estate planning. And, you know, I don't mean deposing, you know, all of your family members and everything about this. It's more of just kind of having this conversation lightly and ensuring that it's taken care of properly. So, you know, the first thing I kind of would like to look at is probably what I would call the easiest pie uh, thing to execute uh, of everything in here. So that's going to be our power of attorneys. Right. So a power of attorney essentially is going to be used for either healthcare or a financial directive, essentially allows somebody to come in and assist you if you're incapacitated or unable to make your own decisions. So in my opinion, and I've discussed this with a lot of my clients, anyone uh, above the age of 18 should really have some type of power of attorney set just in case something comes up. Right. The next thing that we want to be looking at is some type of healthcare proxy, maybe a living will. So this might be that conversation that you have with the older relatives around the table. Uh, But essentially, it's uh, saying, if something were to happen to me, uh, do I want any type of artificial uh, things to happen to to my body, et cetera, to, to prolong my life in an end of life situation? Um, and that you know could vary greatly between different individuals, uh, but something that should be there. Uh, you know, personally, I think for me, it's if I want three doctors to conclude that with the same opinion before they pull the plug on me. But I think that again, that's going to come down to to personal preference. Now, the others are going to be a little bit trickier. Um, our last will and testament. You know, you can do your your will or you can go as far as doing a full trust document. And Mike, I know you've got a couple of things that you want to touch on on the on the on the trust thing when it comes to real estate. Um, But with the with the will, you know, it's really just a directive of when you're gone, of where you want your assets to go and how you would like them uh, situated and sorted out amongst your heirs. Essentially, you're trying to keep the estate out of probate, so no one's arguing, no one's coming in and trying to lay false claims onto your assets, etc. Uh, you know, and this is one of those times that, hey, if you're thinking you want to maybe have some charitable giving, that's the easy way to start this conversation during the holidays. Is hey, you know, I'm thinking about giving some of my assets to X Y Z charity, right? And then you can start going into um, this kind of tough conversation of, hey, grandma, mom, dad, whoever it may be, do you have these things in order, right? Uh, and then the, the the final one, and this one's kind of going to be for our younger listeners, but you know, making sure that we've got some type of guardianship set up for minor children. You know, mom, dad go on a vacation. God forbid something happens to them. Who then's going to step in and take care of those minor children? 
So again, this is a large array of different things and I'm brushing over these things very much in, in a general sense. Um, if you want to hear a little bit more about some of these different things, we did do a, a show a few months back regarding estate planning, but I wanted to use this show really just to, as a reminder to you listeners out there uh, of some of the different options and things that are out there while you're sitting around that table, or again, maybe sitting in that Zoom meeting, um, to be able to have this conversation with your loved ones. It's an important topic. Uh, it's one of those things that be, should definitely be handled ahead of time rather than last minute, especially like a power of attorney. I mean, God forbid something happens to mom and dad. You need to have those things in place prior. And really, it's sitting across the table. Mom, dad, I just want to make sure you've got this set up for yourselves just in case something happens to you so your wishes are taken care of in the way that you want it. So I think that's about it I wanted to touch on there, Mike. Uh, I apologize. I had muted you for a second there just because I was having a little bit of feedback. So I, I know you didn't get to cut in, but um, you had a comment that you wanted to make. And I know I see this quite a bit in a lot of my meetings is, you know, their real estate is in some type of trust and, when it comes to that type of stuff, you said there's some there's some issues there when you know the the final transfer can happen. So we enlighten us a little bit on that. Yeah, I, I think that a lot of times, and you know, this isn't just me speaking out loud. This has been in every article, financial article I've read over the last year with regards to where are the majority of retirees' assets. A lot of their equity is in real estate. People will have four hundred or five hundred thousand dollars in their four hundred one k when they retire at sixty two, let's say sixty five. But they own three pieces of real estate, and they own one of them outright. That's like six hundred thousand dollars. So it's just more and more the way this the wealth in this country is growing is through real estate. A lot of people's pensions went away. You know, the defined contribution came in and filled that void, but people don't really, they'd usually do like just the match of whatever their employer gives them. So in a roundabout way, what I'm getting at is that the affairs you want to put in order specifically, I would say in order of operations would be all the stuff that Matt talked about, the power of attorney, the, the will and testament, excuse me, the last will and testament, things like the health proxy. Those are just like easy to start low hanging fruit things that, that are just done through legal documentation and, and a couple of good quality conversations with your family. But the stuff that's more complicated is understanding how to properly file, invest, or record your assets so that they're in the trust accordingly, more so how to have the, the beneficiaries manage the equity of that piece of real estate when you pass away. So what am I talking about? Like, for example, let's say that someone has a $600,000 piece of real estate that's been owned free and clear. Mom and dad lived in it. Uh, mom and dad, uh, unfortunately, dad passed away at 70. Mom lived in the house for another three years. Then she needed aid. So we moved her into an adult living care facility because the house was owned free and clear. We rented the property out to some tenants so that we could get some cash flow to help pay for mom in the adult living care facility. Very real situation. Now we're positive 3,000 bucks a month. That helped pay for mom, who was 8,000 bucks a month to stay in an all-day living care facility. Mom's passed away. We've had the funeral. Now it's time to square up on the assets. I've got a $600,000 
piece of real estate valued at $600,000. I've got a $300,000 remaining IRA or retirement accounts, could be annuities, could be IRA, could be cash equivalents. And I've got three siblings. So in this simple trust, it's set up where the kids split the leftover assets. So I've got 300K in retirement, 600K in real estate. That's $900,000 total that this trust is valued at. I'm going through this quickly because this is a podcast and not a real scenario. So just bear with me. I'm using simple math. For three of them, they're each going to get $300,000. Well, that means that we have to sell that real estate or figure out how we're going to get the all three siblings cashed out because right away, the IRA could cash out one of them. That's easy. You'll just, you know, execute what you need to execute with that custodian, the, the you know, fidelities, the vanguards of the world, the American funds, whoever holds the IRA funds. But you still got a house that either needs to be sold. And many times one of those siblings doesn't really want the $300,000 in cash. They'd rather have it in real estate. They'd rather have it in something that they don't have to go out and find and buy. So now you've got one of the three siblings saying, look, this is where we grew up. This is where mom lived before she passed away. I want to make sure that I keep this house. I'm going to probably keep it as a rental, but I just want to know that we still own it. I've got an emotional tie to it. A lot of times these families will go out and say, all right, well then go ahead and go get a refinance, get a cash out mortgage, qualify for the mortgage, get me the 300,000. That means you'll still own the property now with a 50% loan to value. You'll owe the bank 300,000. That's how I got my cash, sibling number two. And you'll own 30%, excuse me, 50% of the real estate, $300,000. That is a great plan, except for one major pitfall landmine that you're about to step on that won't activate for about six to eight months after you close and your siblings down the road on a yacht in the Bahamas. When you refinance real estate that's in a trust. And if you don't let that trust qualify on its own merits for the cash out to happen, for example, what am I saying? If you yourself personally go in to meet a loan officer and say, Hey, here's my income. Here's you're the one that wants to keep the house. So you're going to do a cash out loan for your other sibling that wants the $300,000 in cash. You're going to go say, I work at PG&E got a great job. Here's my credit score. I got a car loan, but I should be able to afford this just fine. By the way, it's a rental. So I'm going to use that income. Great. The loan officer says, this looks great. Let's do it. When you execute that loan and fund and consummate that transaction, you're now showing that municipality that you yourself, the individual had to qualify to get that loan, which means you had to be on ownership on title to do that. And that activates a property tax reassessment, which means the mom's tax basis when she got the house back in 1965 is probably still at like $1,800 a year, Matt. But mm-hmm. that house is worth 600 k And if you bought it yesterday, you'd probably have a tax. You'd probably have it assessed at like 540 not 600 you know, slightly under what you paid for it just because of neighborhood and market volume right now or market condition. Sure. So you'd have a... F- let's just call it a $5,400 a year tax liability instead of 1800. Now that's not going to be the end of the world, but that's a $400 a month increase in cost forever, right? Because property taxes, once assessed are allowed to do that. They're allowed to do that forever. They're allowed to grow in California at 2% per year 
for Prop 13, which still exists. And that's a problem. And that's where I see a lot of families go wrong. The sibling that wants to keep the house goes about it the normal way they can show how, like the most of the loan officers out there don't know to do this in a trust. What you have to do is two transactions. You have to do a hard money loan right now in California. There's no other way to do this where the trust itself shows that it's owned the property, has the merit to make the payments because the rents on the property and really the income doesn't even really matter. It's more of an asset based loan is what hard money lending is. We have an episode um, from earlier in the year with Darren Moore. For some reason, I can't think of the name of his firm right now, which I'm sorry, Sun- Darren. <clears throat> Sunset Mortgage. Sunset Mortgage. Thank you, Matt. Not and, a problem. You know, he's the he's the type of gentleman that would facilitate this transaction. I, he would help me help you. But we would get a loan to the trust. We would lend the money to the trust, $300,000. We would close inside of the trust, meaning the trust would be the borrower. We would then liquidate those assets, paying the, the borrower's sibling, the, the person that wanted the cash. And then once that's done, the family can go now and formally close out the trust because sibling one got the $300,000 from their IRA. Sibling two got the $300,000 cash out from the real estate. Sibling three got to keep the real estate and their portion of the $300,000 they took in equity and real estate instead of cash. Now they can properly transfer that trust to the child and there'll be no tax step up, no base step up because that that transfer is eligible once the, the, the trust is closed out. And the counties of California are watching this heavily because the state of California feels like they really aren't getting enough revenue from property tax. That's a whole political debate. But you will get stung with this thing. You can't come back and say, oh, wait, but really it was, you know, it was me the whole time. I should have done it in the trust. I didn't know. Can you please reduce my taxes? No. You get one shot to do this right. So is this the conversation you want to bring up first when you're starting about estate planning over the Thanksgiving weekend? <laughs> Probably not. It gets it gets hard to to really compose yourself and look like you're not being greedy. But for the truth of it all, you're just trying to be smart and do this the right way. I think some families in this country pass wealth exceptionally well, and some just think it's going to pass for them. They literally think like, when this thing's over, it's mine. And they get it, they get the asset, but it comes with a huge tax hit. I've seen people crying at the table realizing that they have to sell the house because they can't afford the property tax increase. That is a bad, bad way to go about this. Sure, they get a $280,000 or $300,000 profit after they pay commissions, but they wanted that house. They didn't really want the cash. Um, So listeners... If you're thinking about moves like this, where family trust, you know, it's imminent that mom's probably going to pass away in the next couple of years or dad's on the last couple of years, you know, he's healthy, but he could go at any time. These are the types of things we want you to call in and talk to us about. Dial 866-53-RETIRE. Option two gets you to me. We can talk about the way your property is structured. doesn't really matter for me what state you're in. I would prefer that you're in California, but I, as a, as a co-host of the show, will talk you through a bunch of different scenarios, help you get on the right path no matter what state you're in. Option one gets you to Matt. Matt's going to be able to help with a lot more of the finance side of things with regards to um, income planning, You know the things he does for your retirement planning, making sure you're set up for how to cover costs in retirement, 
and all of the trust stuff he does. He does workshops on this stuff, guys. So take advantage of it because you're listening to the show and you're contacting us through that line, 866-53-RETIRE. He has no problem giving you that information for free. And heck, if you live in, a, in Arizona, you can probably hook up with him in one of his webinars as soon as we can get back to doing that again. Yes, sir. Um, Matt, that's all I wanted to chat about today on the show. I don't want to go too long because I know people are probably listening to this in the car on their way to mom and dad's house or you know, in between getting the turkey up. Um, yep. So I think it's just a check-in today, and we wanted to say hi and thank you to all of our listeners. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add, sir? The only thing I want to add to my little checklist that we were discussing earlier, Mike, you brought up a great point about long-term care and how it can cost, you know, seven, eight thousand dollars a month. This is a perfect time to sit down with mom and dad, let them know, hey, I want to make sure you're covered, not because I don't want to take care of you, or not necessarily because I, you know, want you to go through uh, my inheritance. It's more, hey, mom and dad, I want to make sure that you're taken care of properly if something were to happen. So. Good time right now, insurance, premiums, things like that. Fairly inexpensive for long-term care. Uh, would recommend that's probably a good conversation to be having with mom and dad, grandma, grandpa. Uh, if it's in the budget, might be. Check it out. I can run quotes for you. But uh, definitely something to be a hot topic to be talking about. So Yeah, yeah. We probably should do another show on that. So we might do that before the end of the year. But we'll yeah, and I think in the next year, too, I think, you know, and I talked about this. We're going to try to help those in transition a lot more. It's been coming up more and more. I think it's because the baby boomer generation. But, you know, it's people that are like, hey, I'm not retired yet, but I'm retiring in the next three to five years. What do I do? You know, what? how do I get this going right? Because yep. I got to retire in three years. You know, you got the person that's worked for 30 years in the same company. They're like, I want out of here. This gal, Rhonda, she's driving me nuts. I can't take her anymore, but I got to make sure I retire at this date or whatever <laughs> it is, you know? Yeah, I got to I gotta hit that date to where I get my, you know, my pension, then I'm out of here. Right. So like, I want to make a paper mache and every month I want to rip off one of the paper maches until there's no more paper maches left and I want to retire in that month. Well, you got to talk to us now, guys. Don't talk yeah. to us when there's three maches left. Yeah. Plan early, plan often. And, you know, just have a plan. So listeners, thanks for uh, tuning in and listening to Mike and I today. We both wish you a very happy Thanksgiving. And uh, we look forward to catching you on the next episode of Smart Retirement Podcast. Let's go out and make the rest of our lives the best of our lives. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide or construed as providing specific investment advice. Any economic forecast set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted, and there can be no guarantee the strategies promoted will be successful. All performance reference is historical and is no guarantee of future results. Investing involves risks, including the potential loss of principal. No investment strategy or risk management technique can guarantee return or eliminate risk in all market environments. Thanks for tuning into this podcast. California license number 0175638 and MLS number 1246224.